steal and kill us, kill. But tonight I feel like being meaner. Where you from, boy? Where you from? You better run, 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 run home. I'm the king. I'm the king of your world. What's going on? You are now listening to the Pot of Dirt podcast. I am your host, K-Man. Uh, I am doing this podcast solo today, so let's see how it goes. I had Sam joining me first, but then she decided to go to bed. It's 10.30, so I don't know. You know, with this podcast, I actually think I was going to do something a bit different. Um, I was thinking of actually just going to some music that I like. Uh, I was given the idea by a couple of people. Uh, one is Alan Cross, who does the History of Ongoing Music, and uh, I've talked to him quite a bit about uh, different things he does on his show, and I want to make sure I can get things done uh, with music on a podcast and not get in any sort of trouble for it. So, um, you know, copyrights aside, I'll just play a couple of clips of stuff that I like, and uh, if anyone has any issues with it, just let me know. I'll take it down, but I think uh, to promote some of this music is going to be good. These are not bands who necessarily sell uh, millions of copies, so I think it'd be good maybe to get their uh, to get their sound out. As earlier, we played some of the music from the Degs. Uh, it's actually the main theme for the podcast is from this band, so I played another song from them. And uh, the song is called uh, "Here They Come," and uh, I could play a bit more of it, and we'll get into it. And you can hear these guys. These guys are from Croatia. I actually messaged them to thank them for writing this kind of music. So if you guys want to check them out, they're called the Degs. That's the Degs with Here They Come. Uh, pretty funny video. These guys have really good videos. If you picture any sort of like a punk band from any uh, any town, they kind of make videos the way these guys would, which is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. It really shows that a lot of people live like, like punks, like I used to. Maybe I still do to this day, but uh, I know I used to kind of live more like that. Just waking up on a couch, on someone's couch, and hungover, and just eating whatever crap I can, taking a piss on a wall, and everything like that, so... It's good to hear bands like that and see bands like that. I got something else. Uh, I guess I got a band from Toronto. And these guys got um, nominated for a few awards in their songs. And their music videos, too, are uh, pretty funny. They're more um, animations. So this is a song. The band's called Pup. And the song is called DVP. DVP by Pup, and DVP and uh, DVP's reference to the Don Valley Parkway, which is a highway in Toronto, and um, the the line is they're driving uh, 180 on the DVP, which is 
kind of uh, funny because the DDPs usually call it Don Valley Parking Lot instead of the Don Valley Parkway. So if you guys didn't know that, it's it's kind of a funny thing. I, I think they referenced there. Uh, good band from Toronto. Like I said, most of their most of their music videos are animated. They got some good animators doing this. This song particularly has them um, kind of all the lyrics in video games from the early '90s. Uh, so it's it's pretty funny. Uh, me personally, when I was younger, I started a band with a few other people uh, in my neighborhood. As much as most bands do, you just start with someone that you know who might play an instrument first, and you kind of get the uh, kind of get the feeling to to start playing something as well so you guys can just start jamming and hanging out and hanging out kind of gets a little more um i guess a little more i say the word intimate it kind of sounds kind of sounds stupid it gets a little more um uh creative it's it's really interesting when you get to actually write music with people who kind of like the same music as you do or if they bring something else to the table you might be able to 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 co-op music like that together so when i was uh when i was a kid uh, I bought a guitar off a friend for like no money at all to feed a drug habit and uh, I ended up learning some chords and uh, my dad taught me some my dad was a guitar player in the day so he taught me whatever he knew and um, it was it was fun to go to my friend's house who was like I'm gonna play the drums and uh, that that's that's where it all started we we started this band and we had um we had another a friend of ours uh, learn the bla- learn to play the bass so we just started writing like kind of stupid little punk songs and whatever, and uh, we could look back at them now and just laugh about how stupid some of these songs were. Uh, half of them were just named retarded things. Like I can't even explain like how these songs even came to be. We just had these like probably weed-induced things where we thought something was just hilarious. So uh, we we'd get together and play. Then uh, the band kind of took off a little bit, not financially so to speak but we ended up started playing a lot of shows and you know having a singer come in and even having brass when we had more of like a ska punk sound so we had a we had a, we had a, a, a saxophone player and she uh she did really well she went off to college so we didn't really have uh we didn't have the time to keep that going with her and we also had a we also had two singers in the band not including myself i did sing for a, a year or so of the band um but we all had someone that we met randomly because we put up ads for a singer who can just come and do some songs, not pay them anything, maybe do some shows, and actually turned out to be a really good friend of mine. So even to this day where we, we fired him not to, well, we fired him maybe a couple years in because he just stopped showing up. He had a lot of things uh, going on in his life, which you know is understandable. It's hard to have a band that's not profitable and expect to keep on playing and writing new stuff and getting bigger gigs and getting better equipment when you just you don't have the time or the money when you get older and older and you get a job and your job is to pay for more important things it can't just go to like paying for gas to go to some show you know in another in another town or another country but it definitely it definitely happens it definitely happens sometimes you really gotta you put you all put the like twenty dollars and get some gas and drive drive north or drive south and just figure out what you can play see if people like you and most of our most of our uh most of our shows were fun i don't think anyone ever hated us we were just kind of goofy um i do still play guitar um and i do play with some of the members but we kind of do different things now like we don't really play as serious as we used to we have a show maybe once a year for like a party that we'll throw but that would involve probably learning covers it's kind of hard to write songs especially if you want to play songs at a party people are not going to know your own song unless you've 
you know released it or someone's heard it before but most of the time we just learn covers so it's uh it's good to have that and we have we have trevor so trevor's the drummer and james plays bass now he didn't play bass in the original band but he plays bass now and sam is the singer so we have a uh, we have a lot of fun andrew too we have andrew he's been on the podcast he's the other guitarist so we're together once in a while if we have a show coming up we will practice a lot but it's uh like i said it's all covers so i'll try to find um some of our music and you could uh, let's see oh yeah there's stuff I'll, I'll play a bit and this is just okay that's funny all right so i'll play some um some of our own stuff here and hopefully you guys like it this is from a live show and we don't have any recordings we we used to kind of a while ago but uh i, I don't know what happened with them recently so we'll play oh my god I don't know what song to play. I'll play one of the first songs we ever wrote. It's called Swimming Burrito. We came up with that. No way. I came up with that. And this song is like our song. Like if there's one song to like uh, whatever do with the band. Anyways, it's called Silent Soylent Burrito. I couldn't even say it right. Soylent Burrito. And here it is. It's made of people. Another one to dance to. Soylent Burrito by the Popery Avengers, which I played guitar in for almost a decade, I think. And that was at, oh, I think that was at Sneaky D's. Someone filmed this show. I don't know who it was. It's almost like a honey cam. It was kind of just looking at the whole band. I don't think it was uh, anyone really working this thing. I think it just recorded all the bands. Uh, the sound is pretty shit, and I'm sure I'm off time. But, I mean, once again, this is, God, this is, this was uploaded six years ago, and I'm sure it was even before that that we even recorded it. I don't know if YouTube was around, like we didn't use it at all for that back in the day. I think someone's like, just just put it up and see what happens. And uh, yeah, we got some views on some stuff. I mean, our highest is 111 on 9mm in a three-piece suit, which uh, I'll play that. I'll see what, that's, what that sounds like right now. I'm sure once again, it's pretty fast, as most of these Scott songs are. So that was our uh, our shitty rendition of 9mm 3-piece suit by Streetlight Manifesto, I think, or Cash 22. They're the kind of the same band, so I don't remember um, exactly who did it. I haven't heard that song in a while. It's it's so funny to, to see these videos now with uh, with these guys who I still know and I'm still good friends with and everything. But it's funny to see us how much of a how much we've grown 
both physically and musically like we're all shirtless in these goddamn videos and we're jumping around like idiots playing this music and i just think that's exactly what punk rock is you can't change that for anything like just doing that going up on stage and just playing whatever the fuck you wanted to um even if you weren't there i mean some of our shows had no one there we just played on a stage towards like people mixing drinks for whoever whoever comes in later on but i really do believe that's that's what punk rock is and uh in this particular show we do hear some some applause from the audience i couldn't even tell you how much uh how many people were there but it it was fun nonetheless doing these shows for the past 10 years was just such a eye-opening experience for so many reasons as a musician and just as as a person to see what you can do on stage i think it's i think it's just such a character release of who you are when you can go up on stage and play something that you um that you wrote or something that you can even cover it shows a lot who you are a lot of people have stage fright and then as soon as they go up on stage it the whole thing changes and they can get out there and and actually and actually put this music out and show people and people might like it and that's the biggest thing if people enjoy it it feels really good when someone can understand your craft and want to continue to listen to it or ask you how to play something it's always kind of cool when someone goes how'd you play that one riff i'm not not our band particularly we played ska punk it's like you know you can learn chords pretty simple like that but it's definitely it's definitely humbling when you have someone ask you about your songs i'll play one more uh, from this live uh sneaky d show and this is a song that i actually wrote uh i won't play the whole thing obviously but this is a ska song that i wrote and uh i hope you guys like it and just to let you know, we we talk a lot from uh, from our songs, like after song after song. But it's always because we're just waiting for someone to tune up again or something. We had like lousy equipment. Here we go. was uh plus one armor uh by my band the potpourri avengers back in a year i can't remember uh that song was written by me and uh most of the most of the music i wouldn't say it was written by me but it's i knew exactly how i wanted the song to go and i think that's a really big thing with with the creativity in the song i think uh you can write lyrics and you can write uh, guitar parts but i think when you can get the entire band to have a certain sound with you that's what makes it um, sound really good. Make it sound like you really know what you're doing. Even that song might not sound great to everybody. I think it did have a lot of um, a lot of impact on people who knew what the story was about. 
Uh, it's the whole story is just ripe with with uh, Star Wars um, parodies and uh, little kind of nods because Star Wars is a huge part of our music. I think we described our band as uh, our topics range from Star Wars to oh, it's like Star Wars to pussy or something like that. Like we just pussy weed in Star Wars was kind of what we sang about, and usually the goofiest way we wouldn't talk about how we were hard or we did any of this cool shit. It was mostly just how much goofs we are and how we can get away with stupid things we did in our life just because of who we are. Like we're just a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of nobody white kids from uh, from Toronto. And once again, that's that's I think what we liked about it. We didn't we didn't have any expectations. We played exactly what we wanted to, and we had a lot of fun doing it. And I think that's uh, that's important. If you play music, if you want to make it big, that's great. But I think if you, as long as you can kind of look at your music and smile about how kind of goofy and creative it is, um, I think it's I think it's really that's really saying something about how you can be as a musician. So yeah, um, that song was about an ex-girlfriend of mine and how we had a fight one day. And it just, uh, it was a stupid fight, but I just, I remember going home and I had like lyrics in my head almost this whole thing, like as it was happening, like I wasn't even mad anymore. I was like, that'd be a cool song. Like, I don't like writing songs about, you know, girls or, or love interests, like a, like a poison song. I'll usually talk about some idiot girl or something like that, or this idiot guy who dates a girl, whatever it is for punk rock kind of sake. But this one was, uh, it did have a lot of personal ties. And as much as I talk about Star Wars and uh, getting high and eating chips or something like that in that song, uh, it did have a lot of, a lot to do with, with this story. Um, so that was, a, that was a long ramble about, about that song, but it was a funny one. So that one was called Plus One Armor. And the whole thing just came about uh, being strong in shitty times. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be about a relationship. It's kind of almost just who you can be in real life, just plus one armor. You always want to put, like, an armor onto yourself. You don't want to have to uh, go in armorless into, like, a battle, no matter what the battle is. As deep as deep as that sounds, I probably wasn't thinking exactly that when I wrote it. So what else can we get uh, for music? I'm trying to show you stuff that, that I like, and it's more recent things. Uh, there is a band that I got into uh, probably about a year ago, and they've been around for so long. They're a Montreal band called Sub... And I'm sure a lot of you Scott guys are like, oh, I know who these guys are. Like, I know, I know this band, so I'm not sure how you didn't know. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to figure this one out. But this is a this is a decent band, so I'll play something from them. Uh, this is called Emotions by Sub. This is their big hit. So that was the motions by Sub. Uh, great band, like I said. They're from uh, Montreal. They've been around for uh, quite some time, actually. They're not like a, a third wave. Well, I guess they're third wave, but they're uh, they're an earlier third wave band than a lot of guys I listen to now. And um, they have really good style, really good um, uh, rhythmic uh, ska strumming there, and the drums just come in really perfectly. So these guys uh, these guys wrote some really good songs. The singer too. Uh, great lyricist and uh some of his songs he sings so fast and i it's great to, um it's great to hear kind of almost uh genres uh genres uh bending like that where you can have someone ska 
and it has a lot of reggae tones and then it has a lot of like almost hip hop or it has a lot of like poppy singing to it and everything that I like. Uh, I think ska almost goes along with everything. Ska and punk, you can fit almost everything to, into them. It's just evident with so many bands. And this is a this is a band from from Ontario, uh, the Flatliners. I'm not sure if these guys are still playing, but uh, they were a huge influence for us when we started. Uh, these guys are from Ontario as well, I'm sure. I can't remember exactly the city. I would say they're more east uh, of Toronto, but I could look up it after. But these uh, these guys really did have a huge impact on the Scotia in Toronto. Spill Your Guts by the Flatliners. Or is it just Flatliners? I can't remember now. Um, great band from Ontario. Is, uh, you could tell the um, the musician musicianship is tight as hell. Like their, uh, their drumming to their guitaring to their lyrics are just, it's phenomenal. These guys really, uh, really had uh, their shit tight. Which, it's hard to say about some bands, especially uh, in the punk genre. You don't really need to have everything's super super tight but it's it's refreshing to hear something super uh super uh tight like that the um the punk scene in toronto uh was a big was a big thing when i was uh when i was a younger guy and it was i'm sure it was big a long time ago too i'm sure in like the 70s i'm i think toronto was like the the tripod of punk rock it was like london new york and toronto like those were like that was like the uh that was like the three points right there. Like that's where you'd play. And, uh, I think as the years went on, it continued in most of these areas, including Toronto. And then it stayed up until probably the two thousands, uh, early two thousands or just, um, maybe 2010. It almost like died out completely. I'm not going to say punk is ever dead, but the scene in Toronto has definitely taken a huge hit. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the really big clubs that were considered like homes for a lot of these bands, uh, we're closed up, so it's uh, it's almost depressing to see a lot of these things go because you knew when the venues go, the bands go elsewhere too. So it was hard to wrap your head around not being able to see these bands, even though they just released new albums. They'd be touring places that have bigger punk scenes, whereas Toronto, it's um, I hate to say it's more of a hipster place, but it definitely is. There's nothing in the way of um, of grime anymore, and I don't mean that in like a bad way, but when you want the when you want the underground music, you want the underground scene as well. You don't want to have everything out in the open. And some of these clubs were were like that. Some of these clubs were there, but you didn't know what they were like until you went inside and listened to the music or you know drank the uh, drank the punch they had there, so to speak, uh, to to get into that to get into that lifestyle that these guys lived. These clubs, like I said, became homes to a lot of bands and a lot of fans as well. I remember some of my first uh, experiences listening to music and uh, going to shows were at these places like the uh, like the Reverb or Holy Joe's Cathedral. They were all in uh, they're all in this one big purple building at Queen and Bathurst. And if anyone remembers those shows there, it's it's impossible to to relive those moments somewhere else. That place was just 
it was almost like a church of punk rock and indie music. And we also had uh, we also had places like the Bovine Sex Club is still there, but I feel like they kind of don't do as many shows like that anymore. They they still do. Like I'm not saying there's nothing like that anymore, but the um, it, it just lost a lot of its uh, a lot of its uh, of its grime. Like I said before, like it needs to have that sort of like oil slick on it, and it doesn't. It's too clean now. And they um, you know, they have Lee's Palace and um, uh, things like that, but. It's just the entire scene almost just died out when they got rid of some of the important clubs. Um, people kind of like lost interest in playing music in these in these places anymore because now they just want, you know, high end bands to come in and do a lot of these shows. And I remember we had this one place in Toronto, and it was on the it was almost the east side of downtown, and it was it was low, kind of near the lake, like right near Lakeshore, and it was uh this place was what punk rock was and uh the person who ran the shows it was their house it was a loft and they called it siesta nouveau and this place was like a haven for new bands and people who just wanted to while out and like not give a fuck about shit and as much as uh you know i'm a person who likes to get up early for work and you know make my money and everything like that there's there's always the release i needed from these places and the music so i thought it was this was the place that people like me needed sometimes people lived that life and some people had to live that life on the weekends and i i always hope it, it didn't negate me from from feeling like a real punk that i was but you know your life comes in you have to start taking care of business so you can't just be up all night drinking and doing drugs and if you do i mean that's your life and it's it's awesome if you like it but uh you know you get older and sometimes you need you need to do something with your life or you end up starving or living on the street and it's just something I never wanted to happen to me but this was a this was a great escape from a lot of things and i think a lot of people and bands uh liked it there and as i said it was a loft and this woman owned it and i'm actually still uh, friends with this with this woman and her bed was like behind the stage. It was like the funniest thing. It was like a curtain. And it was like, we went back there a couple of times because you could store your amps and stuff back there, like back in her bedroom. And it was just hidden by a curtain, like no locked doors. Like your stuff could have been stolen, like in a heartbeat. And her bed was just like a mattress on the ground with like a bunch of like vinyl records just all over the walls. <clears throat> and the place had like this janky sound system and you know, she ran the whole show. So she would be in the back with the, uh, with the sound mixing board and, I'm sure she was just doing drugs or getting high. I'm not saying she was, but I think it was one of those places where she, maybe she was or she's getting drunk with a lot of her friends. Her bandmates were there as well, so they would just be in the back tooling around. And there was no stage; it was just a uh, it was just an area called the stage, but it was just flat on the ground like everyone else's. So your monitors were in front of you, and your amps were in front of you. So so many times there'd be mosh pits or skank pits, and people would just crash into your stuff knock it over unplug your guitars like step on your step on your uh, patch cords and rip them out and uh even even like get into moshing onto the stage like area so they're they're actually grabbing you and they're all getting you know people are all getting punched and everything so it was uh it was such an experience and that was a place that we always liked to go to it was a real bring your own uh bring your own intoxicants if you will uh, there was no real age limit there I mean, we would see kids once in a while come in there and we'd make sure that they would leave before anything really happened because we didn't want the owner to get arrested. That'd be like the biggest 
everything because they had to close down the club. They had to close down everything, and it was just, it was awesome. Like after the after the shows, we'd hang out like in the, in like her driveway, which is the dirt driveway, and there's a little deck up there, and there'd be like, fifty kids in leather jackets just drinking and smoking and just having fun. And sometimes fights would break out, but. And it's par for the course when you when you play this kind of music and you get in this lifestyle. Sometimes uh, some of these fights happen. And I think that's the place that we really came into our own with music. Uh, I'm sure someone has some video footage or some audio of us playing those shows, but I couldn't even tell you how the acoustics would sound. I mean, it was literally just a loft with a bunch of with a bunch of kids and there's pillars like throughout the entire place. So. If you weren't watching, you'd be skanking right into a pole. So uh, those are the things that made us laugh about that play, about that club was just the insanity of having a bunch of, you know, riled up, drunk, high teenagers just getting into some stupid shit. It was it, that was that was the epitome of what this music was. And uh, I always remember that place. They closed it down and they uh, turned into lofts. I helped the woman who who uh, owned it move she moved to another place a nice place as well but there was not any chance of her having any sort of a club there her new house was was like an apartment so we really lost out there and i just it even just going to the bathroom there was so funny just all the all the writing all the graffiti on the walls i remember my my phone number was up on the wall as everyone did, you'd go in there, you'd write your name, and you'd write your cell phone number. It's funny because we're all a bunch of punk rock kids, and we all have cell phones. I always thought that was kind of a, a weird turning point for punk rock. When even nowadays, I see member uh, band members like Lars Fredrickson on Instagram messaging things and like posting things up, and I'm like, "This is is this punk rock now? We are on Instagram, a Snapchat. I'm not saying we're not. It just it is something I never thought the punk scene would ever go into. But I do the same thing. So who am I to judge? But I remember the the times going to the bathrooms and there's like no toilet seat. And I remember one time I was, this was like a full bathroom. So it was like bathtub, separate shower, uh, toilet sink. And I remember so many times I've walked in there and people are either like high as hell in the shower, like lying face down and, uh, or people in the bathtub having sex or people shooting up and you're just sitting there peeing and they're just like, Oh, I hope you don't mind. It's just it's it's you look back and you're like oh my god what the hell's wrong with these people but at the same time you're like eh, i'm peeing in front of them so who am i to judge and i'm sure we've all ended up on the on the bathroom floor once in a while so like i said I never judge these people they were it was just uh it was just it was really beautiful chaos as gay as that sounds that's what i always liked about punk rock it's like you you found harmony in such a disrepair of social and musical uh, life it's it, it was unreal and uh i think i think we lost that that whole edge in toronto i'm hoping it still goes on in other cities i went to i went to new york city a few years ago and we went to where cbgb's was of course that's been closed down too and now it's uh it's like a cafe and a record store so i guess it does have a bit of the um a bit of the ness to it, but it's it's not CBGBs anymore. And I get it; they they lost the lease or whatever happened. But it's it's so hard to think like such a staple of of punk rock and alternative music can get closed down. It's it's really hard to to imagine these things, but it does happen. So we just have to uh, have to accept them and move on. And hopefully, maybe stuff will come up again. These little clubs will kind of build up. I hope they do exist. I just don't know of any. Um, 
I've been out kind of out of this whole scene for a long time and it's it bums me out sometimes because I remember that's some of the best times of my life was was in this was in these moments. And this next song I'm gonna play is from a band called the Planet Smashers and I'm sure all the uh the Toronto and Montreal people know who this band is. This is uh, a really big uh, ska band to a lot of the to a lot of the beginner uh, listeners to these sorts of music. These guys have been around for a while and they're great. That was the Planet Smashers with the song Unstoppable. Uh, like I said, great band. These guys have really been uh, inspirational to a lot of people. They even have, um, you know, their own record company, uh, Stop Records, which so many great bands have signed to. Uh, I almost feel like they're the Canadian Hellcat. So Hellcat was uh, was run by Rancid, and they just hired a bunch of really good uh, uh, ska punk kind of alternative bands. But uh, Stomp was was kind of Canada's version. So a lot of the really good. Uh, uh, ska and punk bands are part of and that's uh, something you could look up to if you look up stomp records you might be able to find some bands you really like these uh they range anywhere from uh from ska to uh psychobilly and um, we've seen these guys when we when i say we i mean like our band and um friends and everything like that uh, we've seen them live many times and these guys always put on a great show these guys must be getting up there in years i'm not saying they're like in their 60s but you know, most of these guys I'm sure have families and are going into their 40s or 50s, but these guys rock out like nothing. These guys have some of the best shows. The first uh, ska show I ever took uh, Sam to was the Planet Smashers, and she just fucking loved it. She used to be going to um, Slipknot and, like, Disturbed concerts, but when I took her here, she's like, oh, my God. She's like, that was way more fun. And I said, yeah, mostly because, like, I don't know, I feel like people in in heavy metal concerts really just want to really want to hurt each other in mosh pits they're like really just want to swing out all their frustrations or whatever the fuck they do but with with ska and punk you you live kind of reckless but you don't intentionally hurt people i'm not saying metalheads do i just that's that's my understanding of of uh metal concert mosh pits i've been in a few so i've i've kind of felt the way it is with punk and ska it's more you're doing it collectively and no one should get hurt doing it if someone does it's usually by accident you usually try to help them out you're not going to sit there and keep on throttling them when they're on the ground but in metal shows i've seen people like almost like suffocate because there's just people lying on top and everyone's just pushing more and more instead of picking them up i think ska was more about picking people up uh pick it up uh, and metal was more just like you know we're downtrodden and we're angry and we hate ourselves or each, you know, I'm, I'm talking this and I'm, I'm talking shit. I don't want to mention this to metal. Metal's fine. Just to me, what I understand is it's more aggressive. So that was the plant smashers. This next song is actually going to take a step out of Canada and it's going to go just a bit South and uh, West of here in Chicago. And this band is called the Lawrence arms. And they're actually a band that I've, I've liked for a long time. Um, I used to see their uh, their albums in the record stores, and I used to hear their stuff on. I'd say the punk show. I remember. I remember much music had the punk show Friday nights at like eleven o'clock, and then it was followed by like 
the metal or metal zone or something like that. So it was uh, it was always interesting because when you're younger, it was hard to find outlets to music, and it was cool that much music actually put on a thing like the punk show where it was actual punk rock, and sometimes it was the higher the higher end of punk rock. It wouldn't be that many dirty little grungy bands, but I always remember watching that, and I've seen these guys uh, play a couple times, and uh, their music always stuck with me. And people don't always like it. It's kind of more poppy punk, but um, to me it was always kind of like skateboard punk, which which was kind of like the first punk I ever listened to from like Tony Hawk games and things like that, and just listening to uh, radio stations in the 90s when they'd have like a, almost like Blink-182 and bands kind of like that. The real skater punk was, I think, what got me and probably a lot of people involved. So here's uh, the Lawrence Arms, and the song is Are You There, Margaret? It's Me, God. That was the Lawrence Arms. The song is "Are You There, Margaret? It's Me, God," which is, uh, I guess, a play off of the uh, that old poem or the old saying, where it's, uh, you know, kind of the vice versa of that. I know, uh, I know, someone personally doesn't like that song, but um, <laughs> it's okay. It's a, uh, it's a great song. I like that one. And the good thing about this band too is they've been around for, uh, God, since the early '90s, and they've stuck together. And it's been this original members, which I've always. Uh, I always appreciate when I when I see bands like that when people stick together because you know it's like the music's gonna always be solid, it's always gonna be their chemistry and even if the music doesn't go in the way you like it's gonna it's gonna still attract the attention of good chemistry, and something that's hard to um something hard that's hard to to keep is all members like I said uh, sometimes people grow up and uh, grow up from this and get lives and they can't uh, necessarily. Uh, keep playing they have families or they have jobs they have school uh our band was never was never the same lineup all the time the some of the original members played but there was also a couple of people coming in and out and then eventually we we just kind of lost lost touch with with the music that we're making and we just didn't have the time for it anymore and it's not to say like the band is done forever if we ever wanted to get back it'd be great but we kind of just know where we are with the music and it's it's just not where it was and it's it's unfortunate to to hear these things uh out loud when i say them because it's something i've always loved to do with these with these people and even when someone came in and out it was nothing but really good times even if the person didn't show up for practices or got drunk or something like that you'll i always remember those times and we always just laugh and we think back of when we had to like get rid of somebody uh, we never did it like maliciously or tell them to go fuck themselves. It was always it was always like really just like, hey man, like this is what's up. We can't can't do this anymore with you because blah blah. But we'll still be friends, and everyone's like, yeah, for sure. Like it was never hard feelings. I hope it was. I hope no one took that in a bad way and and always resented it uh, resented us for it. But um, I guess when you had the chemistry with some people and other people just didn't work out, you didn't want to sacrifice what you had just to like have someone else in just to replace things. Like uh, I always hated singing, but like I said, for, for probably a number of years, I did sing uh, lead, which I couldn't stand, but it, it did work for the most part. But I always liked when we got a new singer in and see what they had to bring in and hopefully their chemistry would jive with ours, which, like I said, most of the time it did. It was mostly just 
the fact that we couldn't keep the you know the jams regular we couldn't keep the the shows regular because you know if we had a show one week and someone couldn't play it then the next week someone couldn't play it and just every week there was a new thing coming up so like that's why i said it's more or less just ended of its own um i'll say the seinfeld it's uh of its own volition and then jerry goes well i would have said this but yeah volition works too uh it, it just that's what it did it just it, it ran out of steam and that's not to say that it's, it's done forever it just doesn't have the fuel right now and maybe one day we'll get back together. But uh, we had a pretty solid run. I said it was almost probably about 10, 10 years, maybe almost 11. That's how long the Popery Avengers lasted with uh, a few a few changes in singing and uh, other, you know, work, like such as the brass that we had. This song, um, this song with the play now is a song I haven't heard in a while. And it's really, it's really good, greasy punk Um it's it's a song it's a song by the band the Vaginal Croutons, and that's just one of the best punk rock band names ever. Vaginal Croutons, <laughs> and uh, this song is called Toronto. I, I I honestly couldn't tell you if the band was from here, or where they're from, but uh, I remember the song because it's always funny to hear a song about your about your city mentioned. And this one is almost like they didn't they hated Toronto, so I'll, I'll play a bit for you now. For our drive's not worth the way down the What a great song! Uh, the lyrics are just uh, the lyrics are just hilarious, and I'm wondering if the bands from Montreal they have so much hatred towards uh, Toronto. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so that was the Vaginal Croutons uh, with the song Toronto. Like I said, one of the best best punk names ever, best band name ever. I'd give them one of the awards for it. I, if you think of a better name for a punk band, uh, send it out. Go to my Instagram. And uh, show me a band that has an awesome, uh, awesome name like the Vaginal Croutons. Because maybe I'm wrong, but that just sounds great. This next I'm going to play is actually a personal favorite of mine. This song is um, from a band that I I take a lot of inspiration from uh, musically and creatively. <laughs> kind of barbecue i'll be loving you great song um great band these guys are just phenomenal it's hard to believe these guys can write such catchy little tunes and uh they're just they look bonkers in their clothing and the way they play uh if you guys check them out yeah king kind of barbecue it's one of my favorite bands and uh, i said huge huge inspiration for myself uh with the music i make and everything so 
I'm going to play one last song for you guys. And this song is uh, from a band that I know some of the members personally uh, from the days of when we used to set up these shows and have our have our friends' bands play and uh, just get into hearing some of the local talent. Uh, these guys are still playing today, and uh, they, come, they come from uh, a couple different bands. Uh, I won't say their band's name, but this, this band is called The Classy Rex, and they're from Toronto, and they're just awesome. Uh, there's awesome ska music still. These guys keep this everything going. They still put on shows. They still try to get uh, bands going. Their music's great, and I said these guys are just, these guys are just awesome. Uh, here's uh, The Classy Rex, and the song's called Superman is Going to Hell. That was the classy Rex with Superman is going to hell. I'll uh, end this podcast here. Uh, I'm trying to make it a shorter one, but it's by myself. So hopefully you guys still enjoyed. If you didn't, uh, you know, go fuck yourself. But hopefully you did. I will uh, end the podcast with uh, some of the Degs again. Uh, they're kind of like the uh, the staple of this podcast when it comes to music. I just I love their song so much. It just it's such the podcast music. Um, hopefully you guys like it. So yeah, check it out. Uh, check out the Pod Dirt podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I think we're on Spotify. I'm trying to get on there. I don't know what the deal is with them. Uh, iTunes, Castbox, almost everywhere you can listen to podcasts. You listen to the Pod of Dirt podcast. Um, you also go to ListenNotes.com. ListenNotes.com is kind of an unofficial sponsor of this podcast. They don't pay me money, but I do. I do support their their um, their company. It's a website you can go. And listen to podcasts you just type in uh, uh, keywords and also you can put in the title of the podcast and you could find uh, anything you want to you could find uh, bill burr's podcast or joe rogan's uh, joey diaz all the all the all the major ones and you can find small ones like this uh, you just gotta type in the pot of dirt podcast you get this one up and uh, yeah thanks guys for listening and hopefully you like this podcast if you want me to do more more musical ones i will if you didn't like them uh you can still leave comments on instagram or whatever just letting me know how you feel maybe you didn't like this one maybe you want some bands to be mentioned uh let me know so thanks again for everyone listening uh, and thanks to uh the degs for providing the music and uh, here we go
think I'm gonna drink a pint of beer. Yeah, I think I'm gonna drink a pint of beer. Well, maybe I'm gonna drink two more. Yeah, I'm gonna drink six more. Shotgun, take me out. Skin that's so so fair. Look at me with your blue eyes. Make me wanna shotgun, take it out. 